Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's what you've all been waiting for, folks. This week we have the return of Pro Wrestling Illustrated senior writer Harry Burkett, who is going to explain <laughs> the PWI 500 2022. We have a lot to talk about as it relates to that, folks. You know we always do. So um, we're going to dig into that real soon. But before we get to any of that, this episode of Duke Loves Wrestling is sponsored by the Cauliflower Alley Club. And as you know, the CAC reunion is this week. So let's check out our man, B. Brian Blair, as he gives you all of the details. You know, Duke, I'm so excited about the 56th annual CAC reunion this year, which we're having at the Plaza Hotel and Casino in downtown Vegas. It was uh, renovated a couple of years ago. They put about $100 million into it. The hotel has been uh, renovated as well in the last couple of years. And uh, we're moving from the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino to the downtown area on Fremont Street. And it's sure to be a great time. It's uh, September 26th through the 28th. We do have some tickets left. One reunion ticket is $150. And that encompasses the entire reunion from two wonderful meals to all the seminars. To, I mean, we have so many things going on. You'd have to go to our website at uh, caulifloweralleyclub.org to check everything out. I hope that your listeners will consider becoming a uh, member of the CAC because every dollar that we make goes to helping wrestlers and not just wrestlers, people that made a full-time, doesn't matter, but people that made a full-time living in the wrestling industry um, for three years or longer, uh, we actually help everyone that, you know, falls on a bad, bad time. We don't help people with drug situations or alcohol situations. But other than that, you know, we're right there. We've saved uh, people's houses, uh, paid medical bills, got people cancer treatments we, the cauliflower alley club has done so many wonderful things and it's because of its members it's because of people like you duke or duke loves wrestling has uh, you know advertised the cac for many years and promoted the cac because it's a group effort it's everybody helping everybody because we all love wrestling To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This is Harry Burkett, senior writer of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and... I'm here to defend the honor of the 500 in the face of much criticism by Duke. You know, Harry Burkett, I thought you and I were going to have a civil conversation here, but literally right out of the gate, you you just you have to start picking, you have to start your nonsense here. And and I'm going to I'm going to tell you something, Harry, because I've noticed something. And and you and I, I've known you for many many years. I I literally have read you in the magazine for decades. Uh, you've been on this show throughout the history of Duke Loves Wrestling. It's been almost seven years now. I've noticed that you and your attitude, Harry, has changed. Ever mm-hmm. since this this Kev- Kevin, what is his name? Uh, McIlvaney, 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 uh, uh, you know, the, the king of the fish. Ever yeah. since this guy has come around, it's it's as if you've turned into some kind of big shot, Harry. And I have a theory on this. Okay, it's it's as if we we have to call you like treat you like your royalty now, like you're you're Sir Harry, Harry, my lord, Harry Burkett, the the hand of the king, the keeper of the Iron Throne, the keeper of the realm that is pro wrestling illustrated, Kevin Mackerelvaney. Uh, and and Harry Burkett, you know the the two of you are lording over this this whole pro wrestling illustrated list, and it's pretty clear that you guys are on the take. Um, I think it's pretty clear that some folks 
like these folks in New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't know. Are they giving you free karaoke? Are they are they giving you free Sapporo beer? Uh, are they are they offering you free snacks that you can't get here in the United States? Like, what the heck is going on? Where this new attitude of yours, Harry, where you're going along with the humanoids? I mean, what is this all about here? It seems like you're already criticizing our number two. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know you've created a, a bit of a firestorm on Twitter, and a lot of people came out to criticize, but. Uh, I think we'll get to that. Oh, we're, we're going to get to that. So, so get into that. Let's let's get the housekeeping out of the way first and foremost. I'd like to start off with a positive. Okay, so so kudos to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know the the brain trust over there, including yourself. You got it right, which is not often. No, don't, number don't one. This, I think they call this putting pennies in somebody's cup. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Where we, we put a few compliments in the jar because you, you're going to really let me have it in a few minutes. Well, you know, they, they in management, we call it build, break, build, as you know. But the problem <laughs> is I, I very rarely am going to get to the last build. It's it's usually build, break, break. So, uh, but, you know, at least there's a build, at least there's one build. So congratulations on naming Roman Reigns. The head of the table, the tribal chief, acknowledge him. Roman Reigns, number one of the PWI 500. That should not have been a controversial pick. It shouldn't have been a difficult pick. But, you know, I, I heard a little a little something here that there were some people who actually were trying to speak against Roman being number one. Were you one of those people? No, absolutely not. Um, Roman... Uh, came very close to being number one last year. It was down to him and Kenny Omega. And we decided since PWI puts so much stock into championships and who is a world champion and Omega was the belt collector, Omega got the nod for number one. With the understanding, if Reigns had another solid year, he'd probably be number one. But I note that you're talking about me coming around with a different line of thinking. I recall having to defend Roman Reigns when we ranked him number one. And even on our cover, we acknowledged that half of you won't like this, but we made him number one. What what accounts for your change in thinking toward Roman Reigns? You know, you asked me this before, and, and I think it's very insulting, Harry, because I've always said that Roman Reigns, in the past, he wasn't being his true self. And that's what I always railed against. But ever since he became the tribal chief, he stepped into his leadership. He stepped into his greatness. He's being him true self. And I can respect that. So how dare you try to rewrite history and act as if I haven't been explicit with my criticisms of Roman in the past and explicit about why I support our tribal chief? Well, to to answer your question directly... There was almost zero debate among the staff who the number one wrestler in the world was. It was a very, very easy decision and probably the easiest number one that I can remember going back 25 years. Okay, well, I need the names of whomever uh, did not vote Roman number one because I plan on suing them. So, you know, you can go back to your notes and you can get back to me on that. But just know that whoever that was. Uh, I'm going to sue them for that because that's ridiculous. So kudos on Roman. Kudos on a very diverse uh, and accurate list. I I said it before and I'll say it again. I feel like the right people were in the PWI 500 overall. I think you have the right names. I just take issue with some of the rankings of those names. Um, And certainly, you know, a guy like Jay Bougie, you know, independent wrestler on the come up, uh, Johnny Rods trained, New York based, uh, hardworking guy. He's a rapper. He's a poet. He's a wrestler. He's a promoter. He he has uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. Like he, this guy is, he's living the life. So the fact that he made the 500 this year is pretty cool too. That means that you guys are actually paying attention to the indies uh, a little bit there, huh? And uh, to his credit, he took the initiative. He submitted his own bio, which doesn't happen a lot nowadays, and he made the case for himself and convinced us. 
So that's very the story. interesting. Yes. V- very interesting. Okay. And you know, he hasn't shut up about it. I mean, he's telling every promotion. <laughs> he, t- he told the promoters out there, yesterday's price is not today's price. Oh, <laughs> because he's, he's one of the top 500 wrestlers in the world. So they need to come, you know, talking to him the right way because of that. He's and, going, he'll need another $500. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Listen, I respect the kid for that. I, I think that's brilliant, you know, and that's the way it should be. Uh, when you're ranked amongst your peers and you're ranked so high, I mean, you know, how many wrestlers exist in the world to be one of the top 500? That's a very big deal. So, oh, sure. Certainly, congratulations to everyone on the list, including Jay Bougie. Uh, that's good stuff there. So, you know, Harry, we, we can't go over the entire list, but I want to focus. I want to zero in on the top 10. And I want to work backwards here. Now, technically, we already covered number one, but I want to start at number 10 because you you ranked a guy who everyone keeps talking about how he's this great technical wrestler, whatever the hell that means. He's a technical wrestler. All that means to me is that he likes to do a little twisty, bendy, make it seem like he's doing more than he's actually doing nonsense in the ring. Um, instead of working on his character development. And I'm talking about Jonathan Gresham. And listen, Gresham, um, you're a hell of a guy. I take nothing away from you, but are you really the number 10 wrestler in the world? I think that's up for debate. Harry, how could you do that? Well, he had to shine by one standard, which is we do consider the inherent skill of each wrestler. But I do agree with you in a sense, and I'm certainly not speaking for the rest of the 500 committee, I think you could revisit Jonathan Gresham's number 10 spot. Just my personal opinion. Uh, I think he got such a high rate ranking partially because he was sitting so pretty on June 30th, which was the final day of our evaluation period. Because, of course, he won the Ring of Honor title. I believe that was back on uh, April 1st. And he seemed to be poised for great things. Uh, within AEW and Ring of Honor had become a Tony Khan property. Now, that is not official criteria of how good you look on June 30th. And Al Castle constantly reminds us this of this during our deliberations, which is recency bias. You know, don't look at how this person is sitting on June 30th, but look at the totality of his career throughout the year. And could you make a case that Gresham should be number 15 or 14? I I would say begrudgingly, maybe. And there might be a couple people in our top 10. Because now we know what happened with Gresham. You know, uh, he's not affiliated with AEW, even though he's still tearing it up on the indie scene. And I'm sure we haven't seen the last of him. Uh, You can always debate these things. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to give Gresham credit on two things. Number one, um, he cussed Tony Khan out, okay, which I think is fantastic. because and touted his previous PWI 500 rankings, well, he, which and I appreciate. And, and, and did it with his chest out. Okay, he did it. He did it and meant it. It wasn't it wasn't a joke for him. So (laughs) how dare you book me in the middle of the card? I was number 15 last year. So here's a guy who we can at least acknowledge that he's paying attention to his rankings. Yes. Okay. which I, I respect that. So that's my number two. I respect the fact that he's a professional and professional enough to understand where he is in the marketplace and be ready with these facts and figures at the drop of a hat. You know, he, he went into a negotiation with the promoter, ready to let him know what his value is in this industry. So, you know, kudos to Gresham for that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if, if Jonathan Gresham and I were in a match with each other, and I've never wrestled a day in my life, I feel like I would get more reaction than he does. And that's my concern. <laughs> Okay. Now maybe maybe I'd get more reaction because I have no business being in a ring. And maybe that would be the reaction, but I still believe I would get more reaction than he does. So for that reason, uh, Gresham, I don't know, man. Your 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 10 spot is on shaky ground. Anyone can unseat you from that spot, and that's all I'll say about that. Uh number 9. Who who is the number 9 again? 
uh, Big E. So, first of all, Big E should be ranked in the in the top ten. There's no question in my mind about that. But I feel like he should have been in the top five, Harry. Well, circumstances are what happened to Big E. You know, obviously, he was out for I guess since March with, with the neck injury, so that took him off the scene for three months. So let's see. He reigned as champion from September of 2021 to January 1st of 2022. An important reign, and the fans wanted to see it. But I also have to factor in, he did lose to Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. And I know Survivor Series. <laughs> he to lost me. to the number one wrestler in the world at Survivor. He didn't well, just lose true. to Roman Reigns. Sometimes I, I feel like these uh, champion versus <laughs> champion matches are, are sort of self-defeating for WWE. And I, I just feel like those factors, that factor, he really didn't make the championship his own. That's just my personal feeling. I think he did very well. He deserved to be number nine. But I think that combined with the neck injury, that's what prevented him from getting into the top five in a very competitive year there is there is literally no one else on this list in the top 10 other than bobby lashley you know roman reigns obviously we're we're, we're not talking roman reigns now but so from two to ten other than bobby lashley there is no one else on that list who has faced and defeated better competition than Big E has. And there's no one else on the list who has performed in front of larger crowds consistently and who has who has had better ratings consistently than Big E. So I think when we talk about the criteria for how we're ranking these folks, it's embarrassing because literally your own criteria, if you just plug it into an algorithm, there's no way in hell Big E is going to be ranked lower than number five on a list like that for those reasons alone. He's he's facing a higher caliber uh, competition. He's he's drawing bigger houses. He's performing in, in 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 front of more people who are watching at home. Like there's there's no criteria, even even given the fact that he got injured and he was off for a couple of months. He still wrestled more matches than some of the people in the top 10. So it's just silly to me. Oh, I, I've got to say it, Duke. You are just a pro WWE guy. <laughs> and I would imagine when you were four years old, you were at Boston Garden every couple months and uh, you were there in the seats and uh, you this is just in your DNA. Well, now, can I tell you something honestly? <laughs> I was I was an NWA mark because okay. of Ric Flair and the Horsemen. So even though I'm in WWE country, and of course I was a Hulkamaniac, who wasn't back then, but you couldn't tell me Ric Flair wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world. So, you know, it, there's, a, there's a wrinkle there. But what does that also tell you, though? The quality. I'm all about the quality of the wrestling because who would I like? I liked Flair. I liked the Horsemen. Not Flippy Dippy Peanut Butter Skippy and nonsense like that. You know what I'm saying? But Big E, I apologize. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, they have failed you. Uh, you are not the number nine wrestler in the world. You're number five. And don't ever forget it. Right. And, and so, here he is breaking his neck for the business. And we breaking just, his uh, neck for the business and you're going to penalize him for, for it. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I guess he should have got a bump up for that. For the he should have got a bump up for that. Of course he should have. See, live TV. And, and more people watch that match probably than anything that the number eight wrestler ever did all year, <laughs> right? Who's the number eight wrestler? Well, they love him at, at the Arena Mexico. Who's that? Well, you know what? I, I was hoping you were going to uh, pronounce his name for me. El Vaquino? Oh, what the hell is his name? El, El, El Hijo del Vikingo. I'm, no, I'm butchering that. The son of the Viking. Son of the right? Viking. Now, he does have star quality. And I have to admit, the first time I, I saw an extensive match with him was during, remember the, I thought, remarkable limited series that MLW put out, MLW Azteca. And they showed matches from Arena Mexico. And I think the only thing that could prevent him from becoming a bigger star in the future, I get, you know, he's only 25 years old, is I don't believe he speaks English. Oh. And I think that's the only thing that may hold him back from becoming a crossover star 
in North America, but he, he's got that, uh, that early mystico aura about him where you feel like he's going to be the, definitely the next big thing out of Mexico. And gee whiz, he's made number eight. So, well, let me just say this, El Vicino, um, Nobody knows who you are. You are a flippy dippy peanut butter skippy card carrying member of the Humanoid Society in pro wrestling. Um, you need to learn how to how to grab a hold and work a hold, and stop trying to break your neck in there. Okay, and and listen, I know that you spent a lot of money getting ranked number eight on this list, pal. I am going to sue you for that. Okay, and if I have to learn Spanish in order to figure out how to say that to you in Spanish, I will. It may not be the the dialect that you're used to, but it'll still be Spanish, so you'll have an idea of what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you right now, you have no, you are not the number eight wrestler in the world. I don't even think you're the number eighteenth wrestler in the world. Quite frankly, I've never even heard of you before. Okay, and I don't care. And, and MJF said it best: you guys are out here watching clips on YouTube. And then you're you're over uh, uh, ranking people who have no business even being on the list. You know, what does this guy do? He flips. There's no psychology in anything he does. So you're saying he'd be lucky to be opening match on the WWE main event? Let me tell you something. I, I don't even know if, if he would even make it onto NXT next level or level up, whatever they <laughs> call up. it. There. Yeah, I don't even think he'd make there. So, you know, I, I, I think that this is an embarrassment. It's it, it, it's killing the business to have this guy ranked number eight. I'm just going to put that out there. It's killing the business having him ranked number eight. Okay. Who, who's, number, who's number seven? Brian Danielson. Okay. Now, mostly because, you know, one time I interviewed Ricky Steamboat, and he said, the greatest compliment he ever received is when somebody told him he was the common denominator that when they thought of all of the great matches that had occurred over the past 10 or 15 years, he was the common denominator, whether it was versus Ric Flair or Randy Savage. And that's what Brian Danielson is to AEW. And if you really think about it, he only lost when the world title was on the line. Pretty much across the board, he won all of his matches. And uh, I think we can all agree that he took his matches to an even higher level in AEW compared to WWE. I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and, and here's why I say that. It, 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 would be, it would be a gigantic step down for a man of your stature to sit here and act as if the talent in AEW is good enough to compare to the talent in WWE, that's embarrassing. Why? It, there, there's no way, shape, or form that you can say, if you were to take the top 10 wrestlers in AEW today, male or female. season tickets at Boston Garden. <laughs> male or female. <laughs> there's no comparison. And we know there's no comparison because no one is watching AEW compared to WWE. Right? No one is watching them. Uh, when it comes to events they can't sell out stadiums you know it's it's not as if they're indexing in any way shape or form so it's kind of silly to say well danielson is beating a bunch of people in AEW. first of all the guy is losing to daniel garcia <laughs> a never was and a never will be so we, we we have a situation here where how many titles has daniel as danielson won in the past well at least in, during this criteria period how many titles did he hold zero zero and you got this guy ranked number seven in the world are you kidding me maybe we maybe tony khan could invent a title for him like the uh all pacific uh northwest champion yeah that's okay so we're going back to to the nwa days this is this is literally another big slap in the face and i say that as a person who has followed Danielson's career. I, I, you know, I'm going to take credit for this. I'm partially responsible for this guy being a somebody. Okay. I was at the very first Ring of Honor show. I was doing the tape trading uh, when he was in the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy, and he and Brian Kendrick were putting on those ridiculous flippy dippy peanut butter skippy matches with each other. Um, you know, and, and he was in the main event at the Era of Honor Begins, the first Ring of Honor show. 
It was him, Loki, Christopher Daniels. You know, those guys put on a clinic with each other. I was there. So I love Brian Danielson, and I, and I have followed his career from the very beginning. But I'm telling you right now, in 2022, there's no way he's the number seven wrestler in the world. Uh, that's that's embarrassing. Okay, well, He's come he, a long way since he wrestled Spanky six times a week. The guy wasn't even 24-7 champion during this period. Okay? And the fact that he's ranked number seven, but you have the audacity to take a world champion like Big E and rank him number nine, there is something wrong with this list. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Something wrong with that. And Danielson absolutely has not drawn as many people as Big E did in the same time period. And they've probably well, wrestled the same amount of matches, even though Big E had three months off. So there's no doubt that our number five person, his stock really rose in your eyes. Wait, 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 wait. What, what number are we on? I think we're on number five, aren't we? One, ten, nine, eight. Dan- no, number Danielson. six. Number six. I'm sorry. Number six. See, uh, see, you try to trip me up there, Harry. So who's number six? Let's not skip over this, Hammenegger. Who's number six? <laughs> Cody Rhodes. This, this guy. Cody Rose. Did he make all the right choice, career choices in the past year? I bet you would agree that he did. Uh, let me tell you something about Cody Rose. I don't like him. I've never liked him. I like his wife. I don't like the way that she carries on half the time, but I like her a lot. She's like she's like a cousin. You know what I mean? You don't always like what your cousins are doing, but you're always going to have love for your cousins. So because of that, you got to you got to accept your cousin's husband. Um, I think Cody. In a lot of ways, he absolutely knows the right thing to do, but he's not always going to use his political capital to make sure the right thing gets done because he has to live to fight another day. And that's where he and I differ in philosophy. So, Cody, we've had conversations in front of the world and we've we've butted heads a few times. I will say this. I give you kudos for getting the hell off of the sinking ship that is AEW when you did. There's no doubt in my mind. You spoke to your friends over there at the network and you saw the writing on the wall and you were like, yep, I'm getting out of here. Because you know there's no way Warner Brothers Discovery is going to hold on to this this company. AEW is not going to be on that network after next year. They're probably going to get the, the plug pulled sooner than that. So Cody... Cody used some inside information to negotiate. And and I'll tell you this, Harry. I think he got the last big deal in wrestling for a long time. Hmm. I don't think anyone is going to have the negotiation, the negotiating power to get a big deal again. Because AEW is probably not going to be around for much longer, which means that WWE, they're not going to have a competitor that's going to be on that level. Mm-hmm. So I think Cody, because you got to remember, he was on other shows on the network and right. he knows how to work the the system there. So there's no doubt that he made friends where he needed to. And somebody probably pulled his coat and said, bro, it ain't looking good. And he, you know, he's looking around and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and my stock continue to drop. I got a family to support. So he got the hell out of there. You know, uh, Cody's greatest strength is his willingness to bet on himself. And I remember back in 2017 when he left WWE and he had the, the, the clever deal where he would issue open challenges to people throughout the indie scene and throughout wrestling, kind of kept his name out there. And it set up a few a few dream matches on, on the indie circuit. And we were discussing that during a hot seat interview. And I gave him all this crap. I said, well, you look so dapper. You know, you have the, your, your dress shirt on, you your tie. You really present yourself well. But I remember thinking after the interview, boy, this guy's never going to make it. I mean, he's <laughs> just WWE, you know, that was such job security. And he's just rolling the dice and he's going to bet on himself on the indie scene or ring of honor. Who does that? That is never going to work. And boy, did he prove me wrong. And that's only really the second time I've been wrong. The first time way back when was Booker T. I remember reading the uh, the Pro Wrestling Torch, and Wade Keller touted Booker T as the next big single star. I remember like just spitting all over myself, like, really? 
And I was wrong about that. So Booker T and Cody Rose are the two people I've been the most wrong about. Well, and shout out to Booker T. You know, he was a guest on this show uh, back in June. Oh, he's, oh, I didn't know that. He's fantastic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I did a series. I had Booker, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, Ron Simmons, and JBL. So uh, is that Ron I, Simmons the most polite man you've ever met in life? Well, he's he is just incredible. And and you know, my my uh I had a Ron Simmons action figure and I had the, the wrestling ring and, and belts and stuff, and Ron Simmons was undefeated in my league. Okay. No one could ever pin Ron Simmons in my wrestling league, <laughs> just so you know. So <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it you know, what a surprise there. But um let me ask you a question about Cody because you're bringing up him betting on himself. Wouldn't he still be where he's at if he would have just stayed in the company and toughed it out? I don't think so. It's like Roddy Piper said: sometimes you got to go out the side door to come back in the front door. Sure. Like Drew McIntyre, I think you have to give fans a break and you have to come back as something new. Fair. I have a theory about that. I think that Cody. He had a, he had job security for life. I don't think they ever would have gotten rid of him. He's a Rhodes, you know, because of his, his his family's history and all that stuff. I think that he could have found a way to break through because you know injuries happen and 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 things happen. And he's sharp enough that I'm sure that everybody in WWE liked him. I think he could have found a way. I don't know. I, I still have a theory about that. So in that sense, he left and he came back. I think he – it looks bigger, but I think he would have made it. it – Jinder Mahal was champion, Harry. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> That's true. So so you can't tell me that or, Cody or JBL. Rhodes, JBL, remember? Well, that's different. He, JBL was, was a great Brad heel. Shaw and he was uh, playing he, poker. He was a great heel, though. But, yeah. you know, Jinder Mahal was nowhere near where JBL ever was. Like ever, like he he never his his career was never on that trajectory, but he comes back and he looked incredible and and it just you know all this this stars aligned. I think the same thing would have happened to Cody if he would have stuck around. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, it wouldn't have happened with Stardust. Certainly, they would have had <laughs> right. to have taken that gimmick off him. But I, maybe maybe a to, retooling. Yeah. Maybe a retooling. But I but I I think that AEW when we do the dark side of AEW and that comes out and everyone starts doing the shoot interviews and telling the truth about them and it's coming. Uh, the biggest problem is going to be when Cody Rhodes left. Mm. Everyone is going to say, that's when we knew it was over. When that wow. guy left, you know, which it lets you know. And then you start to wonder, Tony Khan, what is wrong with you that you could not see that this person was legitimately the keystone in your in your company. And now you can see Cody as the conduit for AEW talent going to WWE. Well, I have a theory about that too. I don't I don't think WWE is as interested in AEW talent as a lot of people would like to fantasize about. Mm. Um, because well, you got to remember all of these folks when you listen to them and I'm not I'm not saying my opinion, yeah. listen so to many what they say. WWE so many so so take those guys out of the equation. I'm not talking about Hall of Famers like Jericho. I'm not talking um, people who made a name for themselves like Miro, even FTR. That they're in a different class. They're WWE guys. I'm saying people like Wardlow, people like uh, Will Hobbs. These are guys that the WWE had an opportunity to sign and they didn't. And these guys tell the story and they're frustrated and they're upset about it. And they say FWWE and all this other nonsense is what they say. But what I hear in that is they had an opportunity to take you and they chose not to. So what does that tell you? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone in AEW that WWE wanted. <laughs> so it just is what it is. Even Jade. I mean, they talked Jade out of signing with them. You know, because they told her, hey, we want you, but you got to be 100% committed to this. And she didn't want to do it because she's raising her family and stuff like that. And she had a good reason. I think that's fair. The schedule is too grueling. But the fact is the fact. They talked her out of it. So 
I don't think I think that if AEW closed today, you would not see anyone from AEW who wasn't already in the WWE previously in the WWE. I don't think it's possible. I think I including MJF, I don't think there's any interest in that guy as a mm. wrestler. There might be interest as a commentator. There might be interest as a manager. There's no interest as a wrestler because he's not that good. So, you know, that's a whole other story. There. I know I just pissed him off, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So now, so now who's next? But maybe his mom would agree with you. Oh, I love his mom. She's fan. She's, she is <laughs> lovely. Shout out to, to uh, MJF's mom, Mrs. Friedman. She is lovely. Uh, who's next? Uh, Bobby Lashley. Okay. So this is another oh. insult. This is the big this is probably the biggest insult coupled with another one because Bobby Lashley, there is no possible way on God's green earth he's not the number two wrestler, the number two male wrestler in the world. Okay? You look at who Bobby Lashley has faced, you look at the numbers, you look at all he's accomplished, how in on God's green earth would he not be number two? I know you never like this excuse. He was a victim of the calendar. That's just, that's ridiculous. Because he it's did ridiculous. have a six-month reign as WWE champion, very dominant. But it fell from March of 2021 to September of 2021. So our deadline basically sliced his six-month title reign in half. He never lost momentum. And then his second reign was only three weeks but he kept winning matches, Harry. This is the part. This is the part that kills me about this list. Look at who Bobby Lashley faced, even who he lost to. But look at who he faced, and look at who he beat. There's no one else on this list Omar. who has done more, other than Roman. Well, Lashley is very impressive. Very impressive. Top five. That's solid. Fifth this in the is- world. Not bad. Bobby Lashley, I apologize for what they've done to you. I've said it before. You know, we we when we think about what pro wrestling is supposed to be, this is larger than life spectacle. Uh, we live vicariously through these real life superheroes. And, you know, when I look in the mirror and I say, hey, man, you know, you can do it, you know, motivating myself. I see Bobby Lashley. That's who I am. That's that's me with the volume turned up. You know what I mean? That's that's the guy out of everyone in wrestling. So for for Bobby Lashley to not be ranked number two, basically PWI has robbed me of an opportunity to be ranked the number two wrestler in the world. And and I got to sue you for that. Well, maybe we could make a deal with you. We could switch number three and number five. We'll get into who's number three in a moment. I, I, for one, would be okay with that, switching three and five. All right, but, well, uh, who, who's could next? Be number two. Who, who's next? <laughs> I know, confusing to the listeners, but they'll, they'll get the picture in a moment. So who, who's above Lashley? This uh, embarrassment here. Oh, wow. Uh, you're not going to like this one. Number four, Hangman Adam Page. I mean, it, it's just insulting, Harry. <laughs> it's just insulting. And listen. I'm not taking anything away from Hangman Page. Right. I actually... Be careful, have, he's sensitive also. Yeah, he's, well, he's very sensitive. This guy, this guy is one of the worst, okay? Somebody asked him I, I, a couple of times ago when he was in Boston. He was limping around after the show. And somebody asked him, hey, man, you all right? And he literally gave a nasty retort, just mm. a nasty retort, because he's a miserable jerk, this guy. He he's like Seth he's like Seth Rollins before Seth Rollins got married, just a miserable. And Seth would describe himself as such. So I'm not speaking derogatory here, but Hangman is just a miserable cuss. Okay, um, so I don't particularly I'm not fond of the guy, but I I respect him. I felt like he should have been the first AEW champion, by the way. So I always felt like he'd been robbed and his his uh, potential to be a major star was stunted because Tony is just enamored by anyone who was in the WWE. And I think that it actually is one of the things that has hurt AEW's ability to be its own thing, not crowning a guy like hangman page, your champion to start off with. 
So while I I understand he should be somewhere, even in the top five, I'll give him top five. I just think he's ranked a little too high. He could be like number four or five, but not where he's at. Well, unlike Lashley, the, the calendar worked in his favor of having a 200-day reign you know, within the evaluation period. So to be so dominant and arguably the number two promotion during the evaluation period, he was definitely going to rank high. Well, the company has, has dipped under his reign, though, which is unfortunate, but that's another story. All right, who's next? CM Punk. Literally the biggest embarrassment in all of wrestling. Now, this is kind of similar to the Jonathan Gresham scenario in my mind. And this is just me as an opinion journalist at the magazine. I I think if we knew what was going to happen to CM Punk after June 30th, maybe we wouldn't have been as high on him. Now, I'm sure my fellow uh, writers and also Kevin would probably dispute that. But uh, he was sitting pretty on June 30th. Now, he was not world champion at that point. He had just lost the title. But the future seemed teed up for CM Punk. And I do kind of question, is it this whole spat and this controversy that's happened in the last few weeks, if that had happened earlier in the year, whether he would be number three? It's just an open question in my mind. Here's a guy that can't stay healthy. Here's a guy that doesn't have enough sense to realize that doing flippy-dippy peanut butter skippy is not acceptable, especially at his age, with all the miles that's on his body. The guy, every time he got injured, he got injured doing something stupid, you know? So it's like like he's trying to do a springboard, plancha, whatever the hell we call it, flippy-dippy, whatever, and he's hurting himself. He's jumping into the crowd. He's hurting himself. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? Like what you don't need to do a buckshot lariat. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I don't even understand are you do you think Ric Flair's out here doing friggin' hurricane runners? Like what are we doing here? Exactly right. I agree with that. It's like look, Harry. Well I can, look I, look at him. He went to uh mixed martial arts. That wasn't advisable. Boy, and and, and we saw what happened to him. Yes. <laughs> We saw what happened to him. He, you know, he he didn't go to mixed martial arts and pull a Rodney Mack or a, or a, a Bobby Lashley or a Brock Lesnar. He, he jumped went to out mix- the comic book and into reality. Yeah, like a fool. The guy was never an athlete. He was never an athlete. That's his. That's that's his telling of his life. He was never an athlete. Never played organized sports. So why would you ever think that you're going to go into a professional sport at your age? You, you know, over 30 years old, and that's when you're starting, and you think you're going to fight these guys who got all this experience. It's embarrassing. Yeah, he's a pro wrestling guy through and through. A heck of a story going back to his early career and how he came up on the indie scene. It's, it's remarkable, and it's a story you should be proud of, but I agree with you. Wrestling is more his forte. But, but what that tells me is that this is a person who's not in touch with reality. So you, now you come in to AEW and – he had some of the worst matches that you'll ever see. And and I'm not saying that the fault lies on his opponents. His opponents had to carry him through those matches. And a lot of people got wrapped up in the nostalgia of seeing CM Punk wrestle again and, you know, doing things that he saw in matches in the past. And that's all well and good. And that's cute. But here's the reality. The guy is a liability in the ring. I mean, if you take Anna Jay jade and cm punk and you put them in a triple threat match it's a race to the bottom for who's the worst wrestler in the world (laughs) you know just you'll see some of the worst wrestling you've ever seen in your life the guy literally jumping in the ring he looked ridiculous why are you jumping in the ring like you know he's he's going from the apron and he has to like jump into the ring what are you doing that for you're not jumping Jim Brunzel. Like, stop it. Like, what, like this is silly, right? So it's an insult that he's, he's ranked this high on the list. And here's a guy that's destroyed AEW, insulted the owner, well, the, the owner's son, uh, insulted the, the executives, and then he went to the back and beat them up on top of that. So, 
you know, what, what does that say about the kind of person this is? Well, you could say he was impactful. That oh, he- <laughs> the fact that the federal wars were consequential. So maybe he deserves a few points for that. He was impactful, all right, with his fist in the face of executives. Jesus. CM Punk, I never want to see you wrestle again. I think that you're you're everything that is wrong with this generation. I know you were trashing this generation, but you're one of the most selfish people in the history of pro wrestling. It has never been about us. It has always been about you, and that's unfortunate. Because even a guy like Ric Flair, you can say whatever you want about Ric Flair, and he is a disaster. But one thing about Ric Flair that you always hear from his peers, he was one of the boys, right? Yeah. Ric Flair would take the guy out that he wrestled with, no matter if they were top of the card or bottom of the card guy. He would take them out and and, and buy them drinks all night, give them an extra 100 bucks. Hey, thanks for taking care of me in the ring. And make them look terrific on TV. Exactly. I mean, Sam Houston came with it a whisper. Yes. Of beating him on live TV, or not live TV, but tape TV. George South, we, we can go down the list. Manny Fernandez, <laughs> we can go down the list of guys who, who have stories like that. Yes. Right? When, when I hear a guy like Ricky Morton talk about what Ric Flair did for him, it's fascinating to hear it. You know what I mean? Because it's true. It's like Ricky Morton's as tall as I am. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Ric Flair took him and got him up into the main event is fascinating because he was a great tag team wrestler, but Ricky Morton's a pretty small guy and Flair wasn't the biggest guy either. Right. So you start really peeling back the layers and it's like, he was one of the boys, a guy like CM Punk everywhere he's gone. All he's done is divide the locker room. And I just think that that is the worst possible thing that you forget about wrestling in any workspace. People like that, they're not worth the hassle. So then you, you, you look back on, on WWE refusing to bring them back, basically. And you say, well, no wonder why. You know, because this is not a person who cares about the team. They they want to be in charge. Yeah. And it's and, like, and we, yeah, and we know, like, you, Duke, there's been many times you've been borderline disrespectful to Tony Khan. But, <laughs> but, but he's not paid you millions of dollars. Well, and, and not only that, I always give Tony a way to fix the, the issues that I'm calling out. You know? Yes. Punk is, a, I mean, he he took Tony Khan in front of the world and made him look foolish. And I, I just, you, know, you can't rob a man of his dignity. Once you do that, there's no turning back. You know no. what I mean? And, and I think that's really what the issue is. I think Punk whatever trauma he's experienced in life and I, everyone's seen the documentaries and all that stuff, we get it. But I think that it manifests in these ways. And, and unfortunately, this is not the first time we saw this happen. It's a pattern. And it centers around if he's not the top guy, then he's very upset. And it's like, it's okay to care, but it's not okay to be destructive because you're not getting your way. So... I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, you know, I'm not a fan of the guy. I think that the guy, I think the wrestling industry is, is a lot better without him, quite frankly. Um, and I, and I'm not a fan of the young bucks or Kenny Omega. I can't stand those guys, but no one deserves to be beat up at work. I think that is just ridiculous. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, who's next? I think you'll be a much bigger fan of our number two than you were of our number three. Kazuchika Okada, Mr. Okada, is number two. Let me ask you a question, Harry Burkett. Did you hear any portion of my show from last week? Because I, I did cut a portion and I put it up in a commercial where I explained my my I expressed my opinion of Okada. Uh, I didn't hear your show, but I certainly saw your comments on uh, social media, which uh, really riled people up. Oh, absolutely! I'm still getting. I, you know, I. I, I, and I mean this. I get death threats for these things, you know. People people threaten to do me harm over saying the things that I say, which I, I always find fascinating. Um, let me just say this. And I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. If I walk into my local Dunkin' Donuts right now, I'm going to get a, hey, oh, like it's cheers. If Okada walks into my local Dunkin' Donuts, no one is going to even turn around. 
Okay, if I walk down my street right now, people are going to honk their horn. They're going to say hi to me and all that. If O'Carter walks down my street right now, no one's going to pay him any money. Now, now, what if you walked into a Ribera Steakhouse and said, well, I, I want my steak rare? Well, here's the thing. If I walk down Okada Street and I walk into his local coffee shop and I walk into wherever he goes, I guarantee you I'm going to get a reaction. Kazushka Okada is a nobody. No one's ever heard of him. No one will ever hear about him. He doesn't draw. You watch that show on Access TV. They get less viewers week to week than I get listeners week to week. Okay, more people listen to Duke Loves Wrestling every week than watch New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV. Okay, this guy is a he is a never was and a never will be. And I think it's it is it has literally it has literally degraded the value of Pro Wrestling Illustrated to rank this guy number two on the PWI 500, considering the fact that no one's ever heard of him. So, Harry Burkett, I need you to publicly renounce the PWI 500, especially the number two ranking, and I need you to agree that you are going to stop the presses, I will send you the list adjusted, amended, restructured, and then you can put that out so that that can be on newsstands. But we need to stop the printer press immediately because if Kazuska Okada is is ranked the number two wrestler in the world, then we know that you guys are bought and paid for. Now, look, I conceded a little bit of ground when it came to Jonathan Gresham at number 10 and also CM Punk at number three. But I, I've got to be in the pro Okada camp for number two. This is embarrassing. Because, first of all, you've got to judge him by his notoriety in Japan. Who did he beat? Well, <laughs> who did he beat? Well, well, well look at Wrestle Kingdom. Who Wrestle did he beat? In a row. Night one, he captured the championship. He didn't uh, beat anybody. Oh, well. Well, he, well, he beat Buddy Matthews at Battle of the Who the hell Valley. is Buddy Matthews? Are you, are you totally forgetting that? So, <laughs> who is Buddy Matthews? <laughs> obviously, you forget Shingo Takagi. Who the Next hell one, is that? <laughs> I Even you, I think, may know Will Osprey because I know you're an AEW Dynamite fan. You know Mr. Osprey. Will Osprey dresses like he doesn't know what the temperature is outside. He's one of those people (laughs) that that never watches the news, never picks up the newspaper. So he'll walk outside wearing a whole thick uh, winter getup when it's friggin' 100 degrees outside. Like, what are you wearing, Will? Like, why are you wearing that? Right. Well, one of the retorts I remember saying on – uh, on Twitter, I, I believe it was the last call podcast, and it, and he made a, a, a few good points. You know, some stats that Okada he carried the torch at the 2021 Olympics. What the hell does that mean? National hero. He's in the Tekken Seven game. <laughs> and 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 here, I know you like your business oriented. If if this guy was so lackluster, how does he earn over ten million dollars a year? Is that is that yen or is that USD? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I don't here? know what the international scale is. Trust me, talking dollars. Trust me, ten thousand yen is not ten thousand. Uh, uh, ten million yen is not ten million dollars. <laughs> Trust me, uh, it's embarrassing. No one's ever heard of this guy. This guy could walk any street in the United States of America right now. No one would ever turn around. Now, see if you were on the five hundred committee back in nineteen ninety seven. Dean Malenko would have been number one and Misawa would be number two. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That did happen. But it, that shouldn't happen again because you may remember we did a sort of a mea culpa on that. Yeah. But we're not going to discriminate against Okada just because we're unfamiliar with Japan and the Japanese culture and who's important in the land of the rising sun. Well, we have to. We, we, and it's not discrimination because you're taking a look at your criteria. Kazushka Okada does not draw what Bobby Lashley draws. Kazushka Okada is not wrestling the same caliber of talent as Bobby Lashley is. Bobby Lashley is wrestling the top wrestlers from around the world. Okay? Kazushka Okada is wrestling who? A bunch of guys that no one gives a damn about. They won't even watch them on free TV. 
Come on, he beat Naito twice. What does that even mean? It's just like he won the G one climax. Whatever that means. It's just you know And recently a fourth time. I, I don't understand this this obsession with Japanese pro wrestling that PWI has lately because it's it's different from whatever it was in the past. And I and I'm gonna tell you, you everybody and their mother knows that New Japan Pro Wrestling is not what it used to be. I mean, they make a they they draw a fraction of the amount of money that WWE generates every year, a fraction. Oh, I'm going to hate this excuse, but they were hit hard by COVID, which who, could have affected their attendance numbers this year. Who wasn't? Who fair. wasn't? You know what I mean? It, it just it's embarrassing, Harry. Their expansion into the United States has been a failure. Um, and you're Okada, not buying, you're not buying Fred Rosser. I mean, come on. <laughs> Like, and listen, no disrespect to Fred. I mean, Bob Backlund drove all the way from Connecticut to be on Duke Loves Wrestling, and he put Fred over big time. Taught so him the no, chicken wing. Yeah. But so, you know, no disrespect, but it's like, come on, man. It, New Japan Pro Wrestling, in my opinion, is it's basically a middle-of-the-road independent pro wrestling uh, company. Like, they're not – they're nothing in regard to the scale of, of anything. You know what I mean? I, I don't even know if I would put them in the top five companies in the world right now. I, I think they're nothing. So, and, and we know that because, again, people literally turn the channel. Impact Wrestling draws somewhere around 100 to 120,000 viewers. Those folks turn the channel when New Japan Pro Wrestling comes on. They barely get 40,000 uh, viewers week to week. What does that tell you? That but means that look this, at it through the lens of of living in the United States and judging it by that standard. If the we lens of the biggest Tokyo, of the biggest market in the world, yeah, we have to look at it through that lens because you're comparing wrestlers from these different markets. So, if your market is a fraction of our market, then none of your wrestlers should be ranking higher than our top wrestlers. It just doesn't make any sense. They, like, there's no comparison. It's just like, gee, okay, Harry. I'm going to tell you that your sub shop on your block is better than Roof's Chris. Like, what, like, what are we talking about? Right. You know, I'm going to get a steak sandwich from your sub shop or I'm going to get a steak sandwich from Del Frisco's. Like, well, you know, the, the, the steak sandwich at uh, Johnny Hammenegger's is uh, really good, man. And, you know, it's popular on my street. So, hey, come on. Like, come on. What <laughs> this is silly. It's silly. You know, Okada is not the number two anything. Okay, he's he's you know what he's the number one Hammenegger on the PWI 500 list. That's who he is. So, what did you think of him being number one a few years ago? You know what I thought. I <laughs> I, I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened in life because it's silly. This guy is not a draw. We and and listen we and we have historical data to back that up because what did he do in in, in Impact Wrestling? Oh boy, you bring that up. What did he do in Ring of Honor? See, nobody wants to talk about the facts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that's the issue that I have with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You folks are bought and paid for. You folks clearly are getting some type of kickback from AEW and from New Japan Pro Wrestling, living high off the hog, and there is a a strong anti-WWE slant. Mm-hmm. Now, with somebody like Roman Reigns, it's hard to overcome that. Like you have to acknowledge him, but you damn sure have unleashed punishment on everybody else after that. Like, oh, we can't have one and two be WWE. Well, why not? They're the best, and they're and they're facing the best. More importantly, well, it sounds like you're talking about PWI in the eighties. <laughs> See, history repeated itself, right? You know, the corduroys are back, man. That's what that tells me. Jeez. You know, Harry, I, I got to be honest with you, man. Um, I, I think that we have put ourselves in a position where I don't feel good about the, the women's 150 that's coming up because I feel like I'm going to see the same type of nonsense. Mm-hmm. So you have somebody like Bianca Belair, who, who's absolutely the number one women's wrestler on the planet. And quite frankly, 
if the PWI 500 was a more integrated list, male and female, a more integrated list, uh, then Bianca Belair would have been ranked number two behind Roman Reigns. Interesting. But I have a funny feeling that you guys are going to find a way to pick some no name, no one's ever heard of or gave a damn about Japanese wrestler from some promotion that no one ever watches. And you're going to try to justify that by saying, well, she she wrestles great matches. Meanwhile, she's never wrestled anyone of any substance or caliber of anything. She's never wrestled anyone who's who's a Becky Lynch. She's never wrestled anyone who's a Natalia. She's never wrestled anyone who's a Dewdrop. She's never wrestled anyone who's a who's a anything, a, a Baszler, a, a Rhea Ripley. Like I guess you wouldn't not, go for you wouldn't go for Riho as number one. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Rio. But I'm serious about this, though. I, I have a feeling that you folks are going to find a way to try to squeeze in one of these no-name Japanese wrestlers to be number one on the women's 150. And I'm telling you ahead of time, it's not acceptable. Well, sometimes we have to shine the spotlight on people who otherwise wouldn't be discovered. Listen, Chili Willy from from uh you know the 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 depths of the you know whatever street in Japan who who likes to to do dance dance revolution and and she collects uh furries and what have you I'm sorry she's not the number one wrestler in the world she's not like it, it just no one's ever even seen her wrestle so we could talk about that too She's not drawing anything of any substance. I'm just, man, look, I know what you guys are up to. And that's why I'm, I'm putting together a class action lawsuit. Everyone who's been negatively impacted by PWI's insistence on not ranking folks properly, uh, we're going to sue. We're going to sue and we're going to take you for everything that you have. You know, I think you should come up with your top 10 for the uh, women's 100. Uh, so we have something to compare it to when the magazine comes out. I guarantee you, you won't see a single woman who is not on American television today. I guarantee that. Hmm. I'll <laughs> say. I guarantee you that you're not going to see a single woman who's not on American television today. So that doesn't mean that she she may not be from somewhere else. But you're not going to see a single woman who's not on American television today. okay? because because that's just embarrassing. But anyway, uh, Harry, I feel like you have lost your way. And I hope over time you get back to the way that you used to be, which you were a guy that understood the history and the importance of not giving in to the nonsense. And it just seems like you've been you've been reaping the benefits of doing what the kids want you to do. And what they want you to do is sanction this nonsense. Well, I think we led the way with Roman Reigns and you eventually came around to our way of thinking. So maybe there's hope for Okada. (laughs) Fat chance. Okay, (laughs) so I'll say to that. Plug away, Harry. What's the best way people can keep up with you and everything else going on over there? Well, I would encourage people to check out uh, PWIOnline.com. That's PWI-Online.com. And uh, there's the PWI podcast with uh, Al Castle and uh, Brian Solomon. Um, I'm not a guest that often, mainly because I can't keep up. But somehow I, I somewhat keep up with Duke, so I'm okay with doing his show. And also uh, PW Indie Strated. That's... Uh, hosted by Kevin McElvaney, highlighting uh, indie stars uh, throughout the country and the world. And uh, just to remind uh, fans that the print edition of the PWI 500 issue, that's the December 2022 issue, is coming out October 4th. October 4th. Don't worry, folks. I'm doing everything in my power to make some adjustments. Maybe we we can change the digital edition. Maybe we can uh, tweak that, but uh, print edition, I think it's too late. Kevin uh, got a copy today. He posted that online. Well, you know, this Kevin guy, he he lives to, to, you know, get on my nerves. Uh, 
Kevin McRulvaney, uh, you know, the 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 king of PWI, I'm going to sue you. And I don't care if your wife is a, is a thumb breaker, is a leg breaker. I don't care how much your cat loves you. Uh, I'm going to sue you for this, Kevin, because I, I'm just not happy with this year's list. The right people, the wrong rankings. We got to we got to do better than this. Harry Burkett, uh, I, I wish I could say that I appreciate you being on this year, but it's clear that you have gone over to the dark side. You have you have uh, had a heel turn, and I don't know what I want to do about that. I don't know. Maybe I'm a gauge and I'm uh, sympathetic to the Japanese side now. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to say Ohio Gozama's Konnichiwa or anything like that to you. Uh, but in any event, uh, thank you for joining Do Close Wrestling again. Well, always a pleasure. I want to remind you to check out Zencaster. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. That is my favorite program to use for all my recording needs. And the great part is not only do they have audio, but they also have video options as well. So whether you're video conferencing, podcasting, just catching up with friends and loved ones, you definitely want to check out Zencaster. They have uh, paid subscriptions. They also have a free version, which I'm actually using right now. Transcripts, the whole nine yards, and even, get this, Zencaster has started to do hosting. So for all you podcasters out there, if you're looking for a host for your show, please, Consider Zencaster. You will not regret it. I'm telling you right now. Once again, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Made on Zencaster. That's right. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.